Hi everyone, welcome to the second series of the Conscious Being podcast, where we have more interesting, challenging and insightful conversations with people who identify as disabled women. Conscious Being is the publication for disabled women by disabled women. My name is Liz Wright and I'm the founder and editor and also host for this podcast. You can check out our articles at the Conscious uh, Being publication on Medium, as well as support us on Patreon and PayPal. I'll pop all the links into the show notes below. Our values are underpinned by our aim to always pay our writers, freelancers and editors, and your financial support ensures that we can build and grow um, and support even more creatives as we go along. So on to our guest for this episode, uh, which I did record last year. Um, So even though at the beginning of the podcast uh, recording, we talk about her being the last guest of the series, she is actually our first guest, guest of series two. And who we are interviewing and having a really insightful chat with is Kerry Nicholson, who is a disabled theatre, arts and disability blogger and podcaster. Uh, Kerry was born with cerebral palsy and Kerry is extremely passionate about culture and theatre production and uh, gave us wonderful insight into disability and the arts to particular experiences and contexts that are not often connected within non-disabled society. Kerry also goes by Wheelie Stagey on Twitter and her blog, um, and I will put all of her links in the show notes as well. So please enjoy the podcast and uh, subscribe and keep in touch. And if you can support us on Patreon and PayPal, we will be forever grateful. But now we will go on with the show. Today, we have Kerry as our guest on our podcast. Welcome, Kerry. Hi, so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited. You're, ap- you're ac- actually our last guest for this series of the podcast. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you managed to, to just slide in there and um, I think nicely. Yeah, nicely round off um, this particular series of, of the podcast, which um, has been absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad to, to have you on as a guest. So just um, I'm going to launch us straight into our very first question, because honestly, a lot of the guests that I've had on the podcast, I, I know of, I've chatted to on social media and stuff like that. But I like to dig that little bit deeper, not just for the audience, but for myself as well. <laughs> so the very first question is, who is Kerry? Well, hi, I'm Kerry, and I like to think I'm, I, I have cerebral palsy, and I like to think of myself, I'm kind of, kind of, uh, sort of, I'm a work in progress, I like to think of myself as a um, disabled theatre, arts, and um, literature, and disability blogger at the moment. I'm kind of building my platform up a little bit. Um, that I've been doing sort of more seriously now, sort of since end of last year, sort of um, beginning, sort of through 2018 as well. Awesome. So, uh, yes. So that's like, I, I, I kind of see, I, or my impression, you know, kind of being on social media a lot and connecting with so many other uh, disabled women and stuff like that is, I think there's a, a common theme emerging in that we're all wanting to, to have that opportunity to have our voice heard, whether it's through podcasting or blogging or writing or, um, you know, going into media in some way. Do you think this is kind of 
um, a similar reason why you're kind of wanting to do all this? Is it kind of you want your story to be heard, you want your experiences to be heard and, and eventually kind of or essentially have that impact on um, kind of ableism and disability awareness? Um, absolutely. I, I think that I, I, prim I primarily um, started my blog as a um, avenue to kind of share my love of theatre. Okay. Um, and that's how, that's how that one started. But as that's been kind of going on, I've, I always used to um, kind of, I don't know if, if um, you've sort of felt the same with your experiences, but mm. I always used to not be very open about talking about my disability and how it impacts my life. Um, yeah. Lately, lately I've been trying to do more of that. And, um, and I've been, really really struck by the the positive responses that i've been getting from people that, that kind of that kind of turn around to me and say kerry thank you for writing about that i um i wouldn't have even considered what that particular thing whatever it might be um would have been like for you and how you would have dealt with it and hearing hearing that sort of positivity is kind of um wanted me to um it's kind of pushed me to want to do that more and kind of grow my platform in that way and um, sort of inform and educate you know educate people a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I I can kind of yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. I think um, it's kind of interesting. I think I've spoken about this with a few other guests as well. This this whole idea that I think like as as we're growing up, we're because we're growing up in such a um, ableist kind of society i think we end up suppressing um a, a, like talking about our disability i guess it's it's because maybe like you know it's that thing of like oh it would be too uncomfortable for other people to discuss it but i think certainly as as you know we kind of um become women and realizing that um ableism does happen and and how it impacts us and it and it kind of certainly definitely for me like you 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 were kind of saying it's it's that starting to talk about it more i think especially on social media has really opened up a lot of people's eyes to certain especially around accessibility has been my experience a lot of people suddenly going oh my gosh i didn't even think of that <laughs> like, yeah i um, get that yeah and and it's like that's fine and then and um but i think it you know it's shown me how important it actually is for us to have our voices heard um and i think that um impact that rolling impact hopefully that that would have on um opening up society in terms of not just accessibility but inclusion as well that's that's the thing isn't it if if we can get to that point where we're having that discussion and dialogue with people hopefully um, it'll make it, society will become more inclusive and that will positively impact everybody, won't it? Yeah. Um, yep. And that can only be a good thing. Um, exactly, exactly. Because I think, I think for a lot of people, um, or I should say non-disabled people, I think perhaps, and I could be wrong, you know, any of the non-disabled listeners to this podcast can always push back at me that's fine I don't mind being challenged but I think they see disabilities being something over there that would never affect them but because of that they then fail to see that actually if we make 
if we make this world more accessible and inclusive, it literally will make their lives a hell of a lot easier as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and they just can't, you know, I think there's just that lack of understanding there about the the overall or overarching benefits of of having accessible and inclusive spaces and places can actually have which kind of leads us nicely onto the next question of what does disability mean to you and do you even identify with the term disability um i i do i like to you know, um forgive me i'm still kind of um adjusting to kind of the, the language that um certain people like to use and things yeah. i am um, i i definitely do identify as a um, disabled person um, and for me, I think kind of going back to the previous question a little bit um, mm. is that I, um, I definitely, as I've sort of grown up and grown older and my, my sort of experiences that I've had, um, I've definitely become more aware about the impact that my disability has upon my day-to-day life. Um, because I, I need help with all sorts of things that able-bodied people, I would say, probably take for granted a little bit. Like I need help getting up, getting dressed, doing, doing all that side of things. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, I think um, a previous guest of yours, um, Carrie Ann, um, yeah. put it really nicely when she said that when, when you're kind of um, growing up, and sort of just as, as a child you're you're not particularly very conscious about your disability and how it um sort of how it um sort of impacts your life because you're just you're too busy being aren't you, you just you yeah. get on you get on with things and yeah. I, I've, def- I've, def- I've definitely kind of experienced that as well it wasn't until I would say sort of going into school that that I sort of started um, sort of realising well it's it's not I always I mean I always knew that I was um, disabled but it it wasn't until I started school that I yeah that I realised other people kind of kind of realised it too and they kind of it treated me a little bit differently mm. um, occasionally and you know it opened up all sorts of tensions and, mm. and uh, things like that. I think um, that that word tension is really pertinent because um, you know so, I mean I mean <laughs> you know it's like that I, I acknowledge so much that all of us who have um, an impairment or condition of some kind with we even though we're kind of living within this system of discrimination and oppression and inaccessibility together, our experiences are so different. But I think ultimately it's that um, that tension created between this idea of we do need support, but we also want autonomy. And I think that that is hard for non-disabled people to understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I've been, I've been very, very lucky with my, uh, my friendship groups that I have and my family as well. They, they've always been really supportive um, and encouraged me to sort of have that balance mm. of sort of needing support, but also 
um, encouraging me to be as independent as possible. I remember that that was a whole um, conversation that we had when I um, finished school and decided that I wanted to go to university. It was always something I knew I wanted to do because I was I was academically minded, you know, I was, yeah, I was yeah. um, a bit of a bookworm at school and always got rid of marks and <laughs> yeah. so, um, uni university was always where I, where I wanted to be um, and that was quite a nerve-wracking time um, for us as a family um, mm. because it, for me it would have been my first time sort of living independently away from home and there was all this kind of um, all these kind of questions about right, what support would I need? How would we make sure that was fit in place? Am yeah. I going to be? Am I going to be able to manage it? You know, my lectures and how how's it all going to work? Mm. Essentially, um, which which again kind of coming back to this idea of making making the world a more accessible place um, would would make it um, a, a more accessible place, literally for for every single person and um and you kind of think about that that experience of, of yeah going to university and how it's all going to work and it's like you, you kind of hope that eventually we get to a point where all of those support systems are in place regardless of who is going to that university or that or going to that workplace or going to that school that it's it's simply part of the whole system both physical and um i guess you know inclusive intellectual moral whatever kind of system of mm -hmm. that space or place um and i think definitely with the pandemic upon us right now it's it's you know being proven to us that actually workspaces and schools can actually become a lot more accessible and inclusive um when push comes to shove absolutely i mean i'm um, I think you and I have kind of briefly touched on this um, because I've um, sort of been thinking about some pieces that I wanted to write for Conscious Being. Yeah. And one, of the, one of them has been sort of my experience um, with the pandemic, um, with my um, disability and whether um, the whole working from home scenario, mm. um, whether that will continue kind of going forward yeah because i've had i've had so many struggles um trying to um find myself a job and and stay in one as well because of yeah. um my, my disability and problems that have arose um within within the workplace of getting all the adaptations done that i needed and things mm -hmm. like that um so I, i'm hoping that, um this whole um, pandemic will have that positive impact of showing that it can be done, and yeah. you know, yeah. and it'll, it'll, and that it'll teach um, people or kind of show them that um, spaces can be inclusive. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's. That you know especially like um one of my best friends she has uh chronic illness and um and she really had to push with her workplace to actually be allowed to work from home because she's definitely high risk in terms of 
COVID, um, mm-hmm. but she's found that actually her pro- productivity has increased because um, because of a chronic illness, she has a lot of pain and um, and so she needs to kind of rest a lot. She might not sleep very well and, and whatnot, but having that space to work when she's got the energy um, and the focus, you know, she's actually been more productive working from home. And I think that's definitely something for, for employee or employee. Yeah, employers, employers to actually consider, I think, in terms of so many different types of, of disabilities, it can be uh, beneficial for not just the individual, mm-hmm. but the workplace as well, I think. And um, now I, I, I would, I, it would, I know it would just, like for me personally, it just makes sense. Um, for me to be able to work from home just because my disability means that I need a lot of physical adaptations done whereas if I'm at, whereas if I'm at home I've already got my hoist in the bathroom that means I can use the toilet um, yeah. I've, got my, I've got my mobile I've got my laptop here I, I'm set up ready to go but the the amount of prejudice and sort of inaccessible places I've been finding um, in terms of employers it's really frustrating yeah it can can really get me down sometimes Um, but some days are better than others sort of I'm finding ways to kind of deal with those kind of pressures and the negativity Mm. yeah which I think I I think it's kind of that thing yeah. <laughs> you kind of think about, I mean, obviously, you know, um, before kind of becoming aware of ableism and disability politics for me anyway, I would have, you know, perhaps looked at that situation, you know, within myself and been like, you know, you would have been like, oh, if only I wasn't disabled, mm-hmm. like I'd be able to do this, that or the other. When when actually it's it's like if, if you actually create the world that's more accessible to us, then you eliminate that kind of really kind of toxic thought I think towards ourselves as individuals that mm. the problem is us when actually um it's not us really it really is it really isn't and it's you interesting know, it's interesting cut across, you know it's really interesting that you should you should say that actually because I'm still kind of in that space where I'm I'm more aware now and I'm I'm kind of feeling okay or a little bit more okay with kind of using my voice a little bit more and kind mm. of set and kind of um, calling ableism out um, when I see it. Yeah. Um, and I, I sometimes struggle a lot with, I don't know if this is the right turn of phrase, but I'll explain what I mean, mm-hmm. is that I know, I know some fantastic writers and sort of um people in the disabled community who will express their feelings on ableism 100% better than I can. Mm. So I've kind of, I, or I, I mean, I don't mean to put myself down, but you know, I just, I've noticed that. And it's, I'll kind of shy, I guess I will kind of shy away from kind of able, you know, kind of tackling it. Mm. Um, tackling ableism because I, I just kind of think that there's people that can 
they're in sort of a better position to do it than that or that was my thinking anyway mm-hmm. I, um, I'm kind of learning lately to know that my voice had value and worth mm-hmm. and that the more I use it the better the better informed people have become yeah so it's it's a really kind of weird sort of um position that I've been in sort of the past couple of months well I mean I mean this is this is why you know I I started conscious being was because even though I had a bit of a platform already I (laughs) I still felt that um I I wasn't necessarily being heard and I kind of you know I was getting the impression that it's it's almost like I think on disability Twitter you can um, or in terms of blogs or stuff you you can almost feel like you're you're either shouting into an echo chamber or you're shouting at disabled people who understand exactly what you're talking about and they don't need to be told no no um, yeah I, I definitely I yeah guess. and and this is this is why I created conscious being because I want it to be for disabled women by disabled women, but at the same time, I really encourage non-disabled people to read the articles as well because I I just think it's a great way to learn, um, especially about lived experience and to hear mm-hmm. hear your voice and hear other women's voices and absolutely, Kerry, your voice and your story is just as important as anyone else's and it's what we as a community and we um um as a society with a majority of non-disabled people can actually learn from, from what we have to say. It's so, so crucially important. So let's move on to the next question, which is about intersectionality, because obviously like for, for conscious being we're um, very focused on the lived experience of being a woman and having a disability or I, people who identify as being a woman and having a disability. Um, and I wanted to kind of understand your lived experience of that. What is it like for you to be a disabled woman? Oh, how long have you got? The story's like, <laughs> story like, I found definitely that um, you, you do sort of how to express this kind of topic. <laughs> um, so it is, it is that kind of twofold experience, or I've been finding that it is, because you you have that, you face, you might, I would say, you might face discrimination and ableism because of your disability, but then, then sort of the idea of being a woman brings brings with it a whole lot of um, sort of other, other sort of concerns as well. I mean, I've definitely noticed that sort of going back onto the whole um, sort of job hunting mm. sort of question that that's it's come into play a lot a lot more a lot of um, spaces um, that I've kind of been going into. Mm. I remember I remember um, going for an interview once, and the um, the space itself was very sort of it was very male male dominated um mm-hmm. and i would have been i would have been um one of um very sort of few women on the staff and um the feedback that i got from the interview was we like you and you have a lot of skills that what we'd be looking for to be able to do the job but we worry about you being able to hold one down um and about your capability and I was just like, 
I remember being absolutely livid with that. Mm. I was just like, are you kind of saying, is it because of my disability? Or is it the, is it the fact that this is a kind of very male-dominated space? Mm. And it's a kind of, it's a, yeah, it's a really weird sort of dichotomy that seems to be kind of going around. I've noticed um, since I've become a lot more active on Twitter and especially sort of engaging with the um, disabled community a bit more, I know so many wonderful women. Um, mm. um, and that's been, that's been amazing for me because when I, when I was kind of growing up, I had a lot of male friends at, at school and I didn't really start having bonds with other women until I got into higher education and sort of um, and now that I'm awake now that I've, I'm away from that space I kind of lost those connections a little bit yeah. so being, a, being, a, being able to find them again with um, your platform and again through sort of social media Mm. It's, been, it's been really sort of empowering and important for me, I think. Um, just that sense of community and being able to kind of support one another in what we're doing and sort of lift each other up. It's so, it's so important. It, it really is because I, I think it's that feeling of knowing that you're not alone. I think for a lot of disabled women on so many different levels of life like whether it's with work and education or relationships and dating or um you know kind of hobbies and day-to-day -day life and and health and, and all that stuff it can feel really lonely like because you might think well is this happening to me because of my disability or has other disabled women experienced this because i know certainly my non-disabled women friends haven't and it can be a very lonely um identity and place to to be it definitely can i i've um the pandemic has kind of reinforced that a little bit for me um sometimes like i say it's, it's getting better now but i have found being away from my hobbies and my sort of community um mm. really hard really hard mm. um so again it, it, and it and it and it does get incredibly lonely and Sometimes that can be really difficult to deal with. That can be really difficult to deal with. But it's kind of, it's almost, or I've noticed definitely for me, I've had to be very mindful of kind of giving myself permission to have those negative feelings mm. and kind of knowing that they'll pass yeah. and that it, that it is okay not to be okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, and it kind does. of it does because I've, I think I've been on the same journey in a way and it's taken me really until my late thirties and now, now I'm 40 to actually be like, you know what? It's okay. If I feel angry, it's okay. If I feel sad, it's okay. If I feel frustrated, it's fine. It's not going to last forever. Yeah. It's interesting you say that actually, because I've um, turned 30 sort of the end of last month and I've definitely noticed that since I've hit that milestone, I've definitely kind of, gotten a lot more kind of self-aware and sort of assured in my own skin so mm. I don't know maybe, maybe maybe that does happen with age and kind of <laughs> the older we get the more kind of perceptive we are to things 
I think, um, I think and about right. ourselves. Just wait till you get to 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. although, begins, the, although the thing is once you get to 40 i'll be 50 and that's kind of horrifying out there <laughs> i know i i, re, I remember i remember sort of the last sort of when i was kind of hitting 28 and 29 all of my friends were like oh kerry it's the big three oh next year you know you know <laughs> and they were all being kind of really um sort of funny about you know me hitting that milestone and yeah um, <laughs> well i think it's interesting I think isn't it i think it's once you hit 30 it's almost like right i have to be an adult now i can't still absolutely. be acting like a no. teenager <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um anyway we we kind of went off on a bit of a tangent there and i didn't really didn't really answer the question no that's all right lost, lost sight of it a little bit. but yeah you definitely um I've noticed you definitely um, kind of, uh, you definitely, or I, I've definitely become more sort of confident in owning who I am and my um, my disability and the impact it has on my life as I've got older. It's been really great actually, um, because when I was in my teens, I was always very much, oh, you know, if only I could do this and wanting to go out with my friends and not necessarily being able to and things like that. But no, I'm, I'm definitely a lot more comfortable with my disability now mm. compared to what I was sort of, say, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. And I, I think that does, come with, um, that does come with age and experience for some people, doesn't it? Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, you know, I've certainly seen, I, I kind of feel like for me anyway, it's like the older I get, the more I'm actually desperately wanting to speak out about disability. And I see all the issues that we're surrounded by in terms of accessibility and inclusion. And, and I literally, you know, it's stuff that I, that was happening 30, 40 years ago when I was a child, and it's still the same. And and for me, I think it's, especially, I think it's as you grow up and you get older and you think, I don't want, you know, in 30, 40 years time for the world to still be the same for disabled people and have all of these kids that, you know, with disabilities that I've engaged with and met and have them then be in our position and still having to fight the same old fights. It's like, you know, and this is why I think it is so important that we speak up. So we're, we're going to kind of wrap up the podcast now, Kerry, but do you have any um, last last minute comments or ideas or, or, or challenges you want to put out to the listeners? I'm just trying to, trying to think. Um, I mean, I, I would say that I am um, trying to, Trying to, stand, right. trying to end on like a really profound sort of <laughs> interesting note um oh there's there's so much that i could that i could say here um but again i think it kind of goes back to what we were saying just now it's kind of um knowing that you have worth knowing that your your voice should be heard um and knowing that it's okay to kind of reach out to people and have these kind of difficult conversations with them about sort of society and how inaccessible it is because you'll you'll find uh, certainly in my experience you'll find that 
and I don't know if it's the same for you. Mm. But, um, you'll, you'll find that a lot of the time people are very open and willing to learn. Yeah. Um, so I reckon it's important to kind of engage with that. And, I uh, think, yeah, I think it's, um, for me, it's got to be about, uh, or activism has to be about education. Um, because I think, yeah, if you, if you kind of, if you're angry all the time and angry at people all the time, they're going to switch off. And it, yeah. it, as you say, opening that dialogue and just having that discussion and that conversation with people, um, just to raise their awareness and their, um, education and knowledge of, of disability and accessibility and inclusion, which is a wonderful note to end on. Thank you so much, Kerry, for being oh, an amazing um, guest on, on the Conscious Being podcast. And I will definitely have you back on again at some point. Sorry. Hopefully by then I'll, I'll have my own podcast back up and running. Oh, well. you will. So, Absolutely. Um, you'll be, you'll be adding that. Have a yep. little bit more to kind of talk about and Brilliant. engage with. Amazing. Exactly. And and you know, you'll be you'll be adding with your own podcast and all your writing to yes. this collective voice, which is just yes. brilliant. But thank, thank you me. so much, Kerry. You've been absolutely Thank you for wonderful. having me. Thank you. Bye.